Welcome to the We Are Zion podcast. As we are at the last Sunday of the year, we want to look back with gratitude for all that the Lord has done for us. We look at the promise that God gave our church at the beginning of this year and recollect of his goodness through the ups and downs. Here's Christine sharing on the year of overflow. Hi church, what a joy it is to share the word of God with you today as it's the last Sunday of 2020. I don't know if you are like me breathing a sigh of relief that the year is over or if you're dreading 2021. I don't know where you're at irrespective of where you're at. We just want to look at uh, the word of God today through the lens of gratitude. Uh, as the year began, as 2020 began, uh, Pastor Geshom shared with us from Psalm 65 and he talked about overflow. And so the theme for this year was overflow and the hard paths. and i want us to relook and revisit psalm 65 this morning and look at it through the lens of gratitude um, and to look back on the year because so often we we are so excited sometimes about the future we forget to look back some of us look back only with negativity we don't look back with uh, eyes of you know what god did through this situation or that and so i'm going to ask you to humbly uh, look back at this year and see the miracles the marvelous wonders of god in each of our lives that's what we're going to be doing today so can we read together psalm 65 psalm 65 the whole psalm we're going to be looking at what mighty praise o god belongs to you in zion we will fulfill our vows to you for you answer our prayers all of us must come to you though we are overwhelmed by our sins you forgive them all what joy for those who you choose to bring near those who live in your holy courts what festivities await us inside your holy temple You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds, O God, our Savior. You are the hope of everyone on earth, even those who sail on distant seas. You formed the mountains by your power and armed yourself with mighty strength. You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of the nations. Those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. From where the sun rises to where it sets, you inspire shouts of joy. You take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. The river of God has plenty of water. It provides a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. You drench the plowed ground with rain, melting the clods and leveling the ridges. You soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. even the hard pathways overflow with abundance the grasslands of the wilderness become a lush pasture and the hillsides blossom with joy the meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep and the valleys are carpeted with grain they all shout and sing for joy what a beautiful psalm it's interesting that this psalm is um so specific not just to one people group not just to israel or to david or to his sons but it's actually global it's such a global perspective and so when you look back on 2020 i don't know about you but this was the first time in in my lifespan when an event affected the entire world the pandemic brought the entire world to a standstill it brought the entire world to its knees no other event so far in our generation has this happened in and so this psalm is so apt when we look back at it we didn't realize why god gave us this promise at the end of last year but now we do when we look at it we see how god has his eyes on the whole world 
how God blesses the entire world, how God cares about every single person in this world. And so when we look at this psalm, let's be content, let's be grateful to know that irrespective of where we are at right now in this world, irrespective of what our situation is, God is watching over us. And so I want us to look at seven different things that we need to be grateful for today. Um, the first thing, the first thing that I believe we need to be grateful for are the prayers that have been answered. Verse one and two says, for you answer our prayers, all of us must come to you. I don't know about you, but I don't know what prayers you prayed this year. And maybe you have some disappointment that some of the things you prayed for didn't happen. But Max Lucado says this beautiful thing. He says, faithful servants have a way of knowing answered prayer when they see it and a way of not giving up when they don't. Some of the greatest mistakes we could make is not praying a certain prayer because God says pray about everything. In everything, by prayer and petition, make your requests known to God. That's what his word says. So the biggest and the smallest things can be turned into prayers. The answering is left up to God. And I don't know about you, but when I was making a list based on this sermon, I realized there were so many prayers that I had prayed throughout the year that over a span of time, God answered. He answered it in his peculiar, beautiful way. It was not answered in the way I dictated to him. It was answered in his own sweet way. And you could see the fingerprints of God on every aspect of those prayers. So I want to ask you, are you thankful today for those prayers that were answered? Are you thankful for the prayers that were left unanswered? Are you thankful that your prayers have reached the throne room of God and that something is on its way? Are you thankful for what God has done? The second thing that I want us to be grateful for today is forgiveness and redemption that we find in Jesus. Verse 3 says this, Though we are overwhelmed by our sins, you forgive them all. As we went through this different series this year, uh, as a church, we did herd immunity, we did detox, uh, we did the wind. We were having a heavy emphasis on looking deeper at ourselves. And just imagine how it would have been if we had been looking deeper at ourselves, examining ourselves with the word of God as our mirror and all of our junk, all of the mess in our life. Imagine if it was exposed and we didn't have a background of forgiveness and redemption. Can you imagine the guilt we would have broken under? Can you imagine what shame we would have been buckling under? It is because of the framework of Christ's forgiveness and Christ's redemption of our sins that we can stand here righteous before God. And so often we look at the gifts of God towards us and say, oh, you know, my family is God's greatest gift or the good health I have or the food on my table is a gift. Can I just bring us back to this one thing? The greatest gift we have is forgiveness and redemption that Jesus earned for us. that Jesus bought with his precious blood. That is our greatest gift. I'm so grateful because over this past year, as my husband and I, we prepared sermons. The Holy Spirit touched us, touched us for darkness in our life. He spoke to us about issues that we needed to deal with. And had we not had a reference point as Jesus and the finished work on the cross, we would have just given in to shame and guilt. But because we knew we were forgiven, when I repent, he forgives me. Because of that assurance, we came back restored and better every time. And so that, I think, is something we really need to be grateful about. We need to be so grateful for the forgiveness that he has given us. We need to be so grateful for the redemption because in that, we find his favor, we find his restoration. So that's the second thing that we must be grateful for. The third thing that we must be grateful for from the psalm as we look at verse 4, it says, what joy for those you choose to bring near, those who live in your holy courts. We need to thank God today for his nearness. 
I think one thing that unanimously all of us will agree that we were very near with our families this this whole season. We were very close, close quarters in each other's space, in each other's face. Um, we we got to see the less attractive sides of each other. But hey, you know what? As close as we were all to each other, there was another person who was with us. He was nearer than our breath. And and how do we know this? What is the evidence of that? Um, I as you know, we have children who are on online classes. And I watched over the period of six, seven months how our children's dependence on God increased. They would sit on these classes. They were tense about tests or exams or reading uh, for my third, third born. And I watched how God infused confidence in each of them as they sat on those calls. And I realized that God was at work in their little lives. We sometimes discount what God does in each of our lives. And I could see the nearness of God in those conversations that came out of those situations. When they would sit around the table with each other, the three kids would say, you know what? I can't believe I did well on that test. I was really struggling with the subject, but somehow I was able to answer. And I knew that it was an evidence of the fact that God was so near to us. And so I don't know about you, but I remember so many times when we were really down during these past few months, just not being able to see people of our church, not being able to meet friends. We would get on a midweek Zoom call to pray with each other. And we would experience the nearness of God. We would experience the encouragement of God through the words of another member of the church, through an encouraging phone call, through a video chat with somebody. And that was an evidence of the nearness of God. So don't tell me today that you didn't experience God this this season. Don't tell me that you didn't. Did you have like an incredible idea for a new job? Did you have an incredible idea of what you could do with your spare time? Did you get into something artistic during the season? Hey, that was the evidence of the nearness of God. Maybe you experienced him when you lay on that sick bed and you could feel the tangible experience of God holding you. That's an evidence of the nearness of God. So can we thank him for that, Lord, that you are so close to us. You are so close to us. The fourth thing that I want us to be grateful for are the miracles. And before we get into what those miracles are, this is what the psalmist writes in verse 5. He says, You faithfully answer our prayers with awesome deeds. And so maybe you're saying, I have not seen answered prayers. Can I just say this? That the mundane is miraculous in itself. Let's not forget that. Let's not think that we need to have that huge breakthrough to label it a miracle. The very fact that you and I are standing here or seated right now on that couch is a miracle. The mundane is miraculous. Um, I remember that when I was diagnosed with an aneurysm, I was so dizzy. I could barely stand up. And um, I couldn't bend down and pick up my kids' toys. I couldn't do laundry. I couldn't hold my children. And so um, the mundane became hard. But when I was treated for it and when I returned home and recovered, the mundane things like bending down and picking up toys, um, hugging my children, lifting them off the floor became again, once again, easy. And that's when I realized the mundane is so marvelous. The mundane is so miraculous. Let's not take the mundane for granted. I like what Frederick Buchner says. Listen to this. He says, the sacred moments, the moments of miracle are often the everyday moments, the moments which if we do not look with more than our eyes or listen with more than our ears, reveal only a gardener, a stranger coming down the road behind us, a meal like any other meal. But if we look with our hearts, if we listen with all our being and imagination, what we may see is Jesus himself. And that's the beauty of this. Maybe it was that one person that you shared food with. Maybe it is that one person that you just suddenly felt led to call and speak with. Those were the miracles in that person's life. Maybe, maybe you think you had no miracles, but we're going to give you time. 
over this next week, we want you to sit and take time and see what miracles the Lord performed. The mundane is the miraculous. Look for it. You just need to have your hearts opened up. Hearts, eyes need to be opened up to see those miracles. The fifth thing that I want us to be grateful for is God's power and sovereignty. Over the past 10 months, um, I've studied biotechnology. And for me, the evolution of this virus is fascinating. This virus has infected so many people and now it's decided to mutate. It's almost like God's seated up there laughing at those of us who are waiting for a vaccine and saying, hey, guess what? I'm in charge, not you. Trust me. That's what it looks like. The pandemic is actually, an, it's, it's just showing us who God is. He knows exactly when, it, when the infections are going to stop. He knows exactly how this is going to end. And so it's his power and glory on display. I don't know about you, but when the Bethlehem star showed up in the sky a couple of days back, for me, it was exciting. As I was reading up about it, about Jupiter and Saturn aligning itself, though they looked like they were in a single line and that you could view them as one, they were actually separated by a distance of 730 million kilometers. Can you picture that our God holds the worlds together just by his breath, just by a word of his mouth? This is the God we serve in Chennai, Tamil Nadu. We had a bunch of rainstorms. We had thunderstorms. We had cyclones hit us. Um, and they were quite bad. And every time the rains would fall, every time the, the, the clouds were thundering and it was scary, but it was also a reminder of just how sovereign God is. If you read the book of Job, he tells you how he releases hailstorm. He releases the rains over the land. That's God for you. And it reminds me, these were good reminders of just how sovereign God is. I cannot put God in a box and say, God, this is you. I understand you. I'm not meant to understand God. I'm meant to know God. And so this season, you may look at the season as one of unprecedented times. You might have, might have looked at it as completely um, unexplainable. But to God, he knew exactly what was happening. He knew what was going to come of it. He knew how it was going to affect our lives. And so he is so sovereign. He's so powerful. My husband and I go for a walk every morning and sometimes in the evening. And the beauty of the sunrise and the sunset is unparalleled. It's like an artist who just decides to have a go at it every single day. And every day, the sunrise and sunset is different. No two days are, is it the same. And for me, it, it just it, it warms my heart when I look at a sunrise because I remember that the God who painted that cares about me. Little old me, with my needs, with my requirements, he hears my prayers. He, he speaks with me, even though he holds the universe in his hands. I don't know about you, but if that doesn't bring perspective, I don't know what will. And so that's important that we thank God for his power and his sovereignty. Verses 6 to 8, those who live at the ends of the earth stand in awe of your wonders. This is not just for those of a particular culture. No, this is for the entire world. All of us are seeing his power displayed in the heavens and on the earth. And how much must we thank God for that? The sixth thing that we must thank God for today is his provision. Verses 9 to 10 says, You take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. If you are seated here today watching this right now, you have been provided for. You have a roof over your head. You have a phone in your hand. You have had food to sustain you these past few months. You've had what you needed. Maybe you didn't have those luxuries that you dreamt up of, or maybe you didn't have that one thing that you were longing for. 
you had what you needed. And that's the definition of provision. God has given you that which you needed. Every morning when you wake up, the very fact that you have a breath in your lungs, every, the very fact that you have vision in your eyes, the very fact that you can put your feet on the ground, walk to the, to the restroom or, or hug your children or hug your grandchildren, that is a gift. That is provision. And we need to be so grateful for that provision. The last and final thing that I want us to be grateful for today are the hard pathways. And you're probably going, what? <laughs> How can I thank God for the hard pathways? They were terrible. This is what Billy Graham says about this. He says, comfort and prosperity have never enriched the world like adversity has. I don't know about you, but I think that adversity is a powerful tool in the hands of God. And he doesn't like to poke us and prod us just for fun. No, he uses it to grow us in our spiritual maturity. He uses it to shape us. He uses it to burn away the things that are not of him. It's a powerful tool. And so when we look at it through the eyes of Jesus, when we look at these adversities through the eyes of gratitude, it changes the whole perspective. Is there a struggle you've been having with your health maybe? Or maybe you've been having a struggle in your marriage or maybe you've been having a struggle with your parenting. Maybe it's time to just thank God for them. Because through those adversities, God has done different things in your life. Not the things you wanted, but things that you needed. That's the power of adversity. Charles Stanley says this, adversity is not simply a tool. It is God's most effective tool for the advancement of our spiritual lives. Doesn't that make us look at adversity in a different light? Each of us have faced adversity this, this year. It could have been an emotional setback, a mental setback, physical struggles, whatever it is. Can we just drop everything and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this because it's made me pray more. It's made me keep my eyes fixed on you. This The past few months, this one song has been ringing in my ears and I taught it to the children over the past one month. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Times were hard. I had physical setbacks. I had a few um, struggles relationally. And when I sang that song, when I reminded myself to turn my eyes upon Jesus, to look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth grew strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Every time I sang it, it brought things back into perspective. It brought the understanding that this too shall pass. And that what was happening, God is going to use powerfully for his glory. Even though I didn't understand it, even though I, 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 I didn't have answers, God was using it mightily. And so that has to be our perspective. Can we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the losses I incurred. Thank you for that job loss. Because even though I can't understand, I know something better is coming. Maybe my marriage is not getting better. Thank you, Lord. Because in that, you taught me to pray. I didn't know how to pray till then, but now I do. Can we say thank you for the hard parts? That's what verse 11, that was our theme for this year. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard parts overflow with abundance. The word even is a very scary word because it says everything may be good, but something else is an added, like a fifth wheel. And that's scary because even the hard parts overflow with abundance. This year has been overall a hard path. But if you look at it closely through the lens of gratitude, you will find that you overflowed. There was abundance. Maybe you, you had some of the toughest moments, but you would have found that you overflowed with peace. Maybe you, you didn't think you could make it, but then you overflowed with endurance. There was overflow. I'm reminded of the oak tree. The oak tree is, is one of the um, largest trees 
in the entire world. And, and the Bible even quotes the, the quote oak tree on numerous occasions. And so I wanted to tell each of you this, that if you're watching this right now, you are likened to an oak tree. I'll tell you why. Isaiah 61 verse 3. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. And so here's the interesting fact about the oak tree. The oak tree is huge. It's a huge tree, but it is wholly dependent on its root system. And its root system is so elaborate, most often it's three times the length of the actual tree which you see outside. And so the root system is so elaborate, goes so deep. And so what happens when the storms hit it, thunderstorms, lightning, rain, gale, anything, whatever hits it, the oak stands firm. It's immovable. It doesn't shake. In fact, the more storms buffet it, the roots take deeper root and hold it in place. But surprisingly, one thing can destroy this oak tree. This powerful oak tree gets easily destroyed if it gets a fungal rot in its roots. And so what happens if the fungal rot enters the roots? It'll spread to the entire root system and decay it from within. And so this mighty oak tree could topple over just because of a simple fungal infection. And I was thinking about each of us. Each of us, we are oaks of the Lord's planting. Because of Christ's righteousness, we are called oaks. And so our roots are in Jesus. But so often, we lack gratitude. We lack thankfulness because we're so picky about what we look at as victories. We're so picky about what we call miracles. We miss what he wants us to see. And that ungratefulness is like a fungal rot. And if we leave it unchecked, if we don't treat it, it's going to decay us from within. It's going to cause a deep spiritual decay which could uproot us completely. And so I want us to look at our lives today through the renewed eyes of gratitude. Hey God, I've been through the worst this year. but I'm so grateful that I, I made it thus far. I, I'm so grateful for what you have done. That can change the entire equation. It can flip it because then we have roots that are strong and our oak tree just blossoms and buds. That's what we desire for you. That's what I desire for myself. As I conclude this sermon, I'm just going to put up on the screen this small little screenshot. And I want each of you to just make a quick note of it so that this next week, as we head into 2021, as we lead up to it, we have a gratitude journal noted down. And so we can take time as families, as individuals. I did this in this past week. I sat with the family and we wrote down the things. What were those powerful things? Where did we see God's power? What were the miracles in our life? What were the prayers answered? Our kids even said, you know, they had prayed for a dog for their whole life, as long as it was, and they got a dog. It could be something so minute. It could be something huge. God is still in the business of answering our prayers, doing the miraculous. Sometimes it just needs us to open our eyes and see it and be grateful for what he has done. So can we do that? As I pray with each of you, I just pray that you will open your eyes, that you will open your eyes and see this past year in a new light. Can I just ask you to take a look at the screen, note this down in your journal or, or on your phone, take time this week to journal what you're grateful for.
I hope you noted that down. And I really hope this week is one of deep soul searching where you note down the things that God has done amazingly in your life. They could be small things. They could be huge things. Write it down and then thank God for each one of those things. What a mighty God we serve. Can I just pray with you? Father in heaven, we just thank you. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of just being able to worship you. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you, Lord, for everything you have done in our lives, big and small. We thank you, Lord, for those answered prayers. We thank you more, Lord, for those unanswered prayers. We thank you for your power and might. We thank you for being so near to us. We thank you, Lord, miraculous moments in our every days, Lord. We thank you, O Father, for those hard pathways. We thank you, Lord, for when we didn't understand things, you were in control. And we thank you. We thank you for your sovereignty. And Father, I pray this week, as we journal of your goodness, I pray that you will bring to mind, Holy Spirit, all that we must remember, all of the things that we must remember, and we give you all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise. I pray for those who are finding it hard to be grateful right now. Father, I pray that they will not allow that to seep deep and destroy their roots. But Lord, I pray, I pray that they will replace every bit of, of anger, of sadness with gratitude this morning. I pray that Lord, they will look deeper and deeper at themselves and find just how much you were working in their lives. We thank you. We love you. We glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.